Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, it's Mehdi here. This month, we're taking a minute or so before each show to invite you to become a member of our podcast. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Now is a time we all need to get behind journalists, media organizations that are trying to do their jobs, report the news, get to the truth. That's what we try and do on this show week in, week out. And so I'm asking you all today to become a member and supporter of the deconstructed community to give whatever you can, 5, 10, 15, $20 a month or more. Head to theintercept.com forward slash give. Theintercept.com forward slash give. I mean, You're a fan of what we do, right? You're listening to the show right now. You've downloaded it. You never miss an episode of Deconstructed. And why would you? Remember when we interviewed Senator Chris Murphy just after the Senate voted to curtail the US role in the war in Yemen? Or when Dr. Cornell West officially endorsed Bernie Sanders' 2020 presidential bid right here on this show? Or our coverage of Iran, Israel, Islam and democracy? This stuff doesn't happen for free. You have to support good quality journalism with whatever you can afford. You may think it's a small donation, but when you donate, you're part of a broader, wider community that's helping to make independent journalism like ours stronger and healthier. So together, let's carry on making a difference. Theintercept.com forward slash give. Thank you very much in advance. On to this week's show. Nobody wants a compromise. I mean, that's the sad, tragic reality. The compromise kind of ground in politics on Brexit just has been torched, incinerated. It, it has ceased to exist. It's gone. Uh, and that, I think, is tragic. Welcome to Deconstructed. I'm Mehdi Hassan. On today's show, you think only Americans have it bad right now? You think Donald Trump is just an American phenomenon? Think again. What we're talking about with Trumpism is happening in this country. The scapegoating of migrants, rich charlatan, snake oil salesmen, blaming anyone but those at the top of society for the problems they've caused. The echoes are pretty powerful. That's my guest today, the British newspaper columnist and acclaimed author Owen Jones. He went viral here in the US after he refused to join the rest of the British media in showing sympathy for British Conservative Prime Minister Theresa May, who cried as she finally resigned last Friday. You can't just respond at a human level. I I have responded at a human level. I've spoken about the humanity of those who have suffered as a consequence of her policies. And I wish the news would give far more space to them rather than spending uh, time discussing the Prime Minister crying because she can no longer hold the most powerful job in in the country. So on today's show, Owen and I are going to talk Brexit madness, the shocking European Parliament election results, the end of Theresa May's premiership and the rise and rise of the British Trumps. Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage. Basically, everything you need to know about the shit show on that side of the Atlantic, which, as you'll discover, isn't that different from the shit show on this side of it. You remember Brexit, right? 
the decision by 52% of British voters in the summer of 2016 to exit the European Union, Britain's biggest export market for goods, the world's biggest single market, the group of 28 countries that's helped to keep the peace on the continent of Europe since the Second World War, the club that Britain has been a member of for the past 46 years. Yeah, that Brexit which came as a shock to the political, economic and media establishments in the UK, which wasn't supposed to happen, which was driven in part by angry white working class voters in the country's industrial heartlands. Sound familiar? Donald Trump, after all, was elected, as we've discussed on this show before, and as the bulk of the academic studies have demonstrated, not merely because of so-called economic anxiety on the part of white voters, but because of racial resentment cultural insecurity and a marked hostility to immigrants, to Muslims, to people of colour. And those are the same forces that drove Brexit. Listen to this voter in the former industrial town of Barnsley the day after the Brexit referendum. It's all about immigration, right? It's not about trade or Europe or anything like that. It's all about immigration. It's to stop the Muslims from coming into this country. Simple as that. And here's a factoid for you. According to one study, there's a close correlation between support for the death penalty, which was abolished in the UK, and support for Brexit, which sounds kind of weird and random, but it's actually not that weird or random. It's people harking back to an imagined, socially conservative, more orderly past. Make America and Britain great again. In so many ways, Brexit and Trump are two sides of the same coin. In fact, Trump has always been uber keen to associate himself with the pro-Brexit vote. I think Brexit's going to end up being a great thing. People don't want to have other people coming in and destroying their country. Look at Brexit. Look at Brexit. People want to take back control of their countries. Call me Mr. Brexit. And just as the Trump presidency has been the disaster that Trump's opponents warned it would be, in fact, more of a disaster than any of us could possibly have imagined, the same with Brexit in the UK. To cut a long story short, the Leave side, the Brexit side, spent the entire referendum campaign in 2016 telling us all that exiting the EU would be easy, a walk in the park, a simple negotiation. But guess what? It wasn't. Turns out leaving is much harder than they thought. And the UK has now been in a state of permanent political crisis and a bit of a global joke for the past three years. The Prime Minister, Theresa May, three times tried to get a Brexit deal through Parliament. Three times she failed. Multiple ministers of hers quit in protest. Multiple multinational corporations and big banks have upped and left the UK because they want to keep their access to the EU single market. Britain is now close to a no-deal Brexit a no-deal Brexit, where it just crashes out of the EU on October the 31st, with no deal, no negotiations, no safety net in place, and which every serious economist and analyst thinks would be an economic disaster for the UK. I'll be honest, sitting here in the US watching my home country fall apart in this way, walk towards the edge of the cliff in this way, engaging in this unprecedented act of political, social and economic self-harm has been deeply depressing for me. Racism and xenophobia has been on the rise across the UK in recent years. The country is more divided, more polarised now than it was even in the summer of 2016. Shame on you! Shame on you! Shame on you! Shame on you! Traitors! Again, sound familiar? Prime Minister May finally called it quits last Friday. 
I do so with no ill will, but with enormous and enduring gratitude to have had the opportunity to serve the country I love. But then came the political earthquake. European parties are now jockeying for position after Sunday's elections to the EU Parliament tilted the balance of power in the bloc. Far-right parties topped the polls in both France and in Italy. Nigel Farage's Brexit party claims an overwhelming victory. On Sunday night, we got the results of the European Parliament elections. In France, the far-right National Rally Party of Marine Le Pen came first, ahead of President Macron's party. In Italy, the far-right Lega Party, led by the Deputy Prime Minister Matteo Salvini, also came first. And guess who advises them both? A familiar name from Trump world. Yeah. Steve Bannon. In the UK, a brand new right-wing party called the Brexit Party, which was set up just a few months ago with the explicit intent of making Brexit happen, a no-deal Brexit even, came first in the European elections, winning as many votes as the mainstream Labour and Liberal Democratic parties combined. The founder of the Brexit Party is Nigel Farage, a former leader of the anti-immigration, anti-EU UK Independence Party, UKIP, a close ally of Donald Trump, the first British politician to get a meeting with Trump after he was elected president, and a man who has spent his entire adult life not just railing against immigrants and foreigners, but trying to get the UK out of Europe. Let June the 23rd go down in our history as our Independence Day. Guess who else? is now campaigning basically for a no-deal Brexit. The man who is on course to be the next Conservative Prime Minister of the UK, former Foreign Secretary and former London Mayor Boris Johnson. He's been called the British Trump, a divisive, opportunistic, wannabe populist with dishevelled blonde hair and a long history of adultery, racism and, yes, serial dishonesty. Born in the US, he's talked about, quote, admiring Trump. And the US president, in turn, has declared Boris, as he's known, to be, quote, a friend of mine. We in the United Kingdom will work hand in glove for the stability, the prosperity and the security of the world with President Donald Trump. Boris, like Farage, like Trump, thrives on chaos, on division, on disinformation. These people don't do detail. They don't do principle. They do chaos. And as I wrote for The Intercept last year, Trump and Brexit have chaos in common. It's not just a bug, it's a feature. Joining me now from London to talk about the rise of the British Trumps and Brexit and what it all means for the UK, for the US, for the world, is my good friend, the Guardian columnist, best-selling author and proud British socialist, Owen Jones, who's been attending Brexit parties and rallies to find out what's really going on with these people. How Trumpian are they really? Owen, thanks for coming on Deconstructed. What a pleasure. This is a huge honour, Meddy. I miss you, Meddy. You've been snatched cruelly from our British loving arms. I miss you too, but I enjoy watching you on British television from afar, (laughs) taking names. Um, Mm. So on that note, first off, commiserations to you back home on Prime Minister Theresa May announcing her resignation. You seem to have taken that pretty hard. She meant a lot to you, didn't she? Uh, Absolutely. I I nearly started singing uh, Elton John's Candle in the Wind to uh to mourn her passing <laughs> yeah we were we was apparently it was a bit it was supposed to be like a royal death that we were supposed to somehow treat this as a as a terrible personal tragedy for which we must enter a profound period of collective mourning uh which of course you know i i very much i think threw myself into the spirit of 
definitely kept to the script of of uh, of of this outpouring of emotion at this poor victim who uh, who happened to be the most powerful person in the country enacting policies which have destroyed the lives of huge numbers of people who apparently we shouldn't be spending any time talking about. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's always a kind of, this is not the moment for it. Well, when is the moment for it? When a prime minister stands down, isn't that a moment to look at her or his legacy? That's the thing. I mean, it's bad enough when one, when they die. So when Margaret Thatcher died, which I always dreaded because Margaret Thatcher... Uh, you know, founded the kind of political consensus, which, you know, I would say is the root of the many ills that Britain is, you know, Britain is in turmoil and it goes back to her policies, uh, market, fundamentalism, that kind of stuff. Um, But when she died, and I dreaded it because I thought it would end up being like the death of Princess Diana meets a month-long conservative political broadcast, which is basically what it it was. And it was this sense of, um, if you use if you talk about you know when she died uh, the actual record it was seen as a kind of outrageous disgrace you're politicizing her death yeah same same happened here when john mccain and george bush senior died we did a show i did a show with glenn greenwald on the on, on deconstructed where we talked about george bush senior's legacy where no one wanted to talk about all the shit he did and the same applies now when the theresa may cries and says i tried really hard but she had a horrible three-year record this is not even george bush senior from 20, 30 years ago. This is like now. But that's the, that's what's even more perverse. We've seen the Brexit car crash in front of our eyes. Exactly. So it's not even, you know, that somebody has died. I mean, even then we should be talking about the political record, not whitewashing their record and allowing their supporters to use their death to kind of define their legacy. But we're talking quite literally about somebody losing their job, the most powerful position in the country, because they were very, 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 very bad at it. I mean, very bad at it. She's probably the worst prime minister in living memory. So good riddance now, I think it's fair to say, to Theresa May. Who will replace May as Prime Minister? Will it be the British Trump, as he's been described by some, the former Foreign Secretary, former London Mayor, old Etonian Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson? Um, I, I mean, tr- tragically, I do believe that our own pound shop Trump is uh, is about to take over. I mean... I mean, I don't know how to describe him for an American audience. I really don't. I mean, the, the, the <laughs> when he was made foreign... I mean, one of the worst things, Theresa, Theresa May did a lot of terrible things. She drove children into poverty at the fastest rates since 1988. She stripped, uh, basically drove... Um, Windrush Britons. These were black Britons who arrived in Britain dec- for decades ago. She drove them out of their homes, stripped them of medical care, deported them from the country. I mean, we could go on. It was terrible. But one of the worst things she did was make Boris Johnson foreign secretary. That was bad enough. Uh, you know, he is a joke without a punchline. He once described black people as pickaninnies with watermelon smiles. He once said that if we're going to have equal marriage, why not have two men marrying a goat? He talked about Muslim women as letterboxes and bank robbers, uh, which led to a surge in hate crimes against Muslim women, including people shoving envelopes through their veils. I mean, he, he is somebody who is a, a, a charlatan. He was, he was sacked by uh, a newspaper, uh, the, the, uh, the Times, for lying. For making up quotes, uh, he was doesn't then, he? That sounds familiar. He made up a quotes. A leader who just makes indeed, up quotes. Uh, hmm, never heard that just before. Just made them off. Woof. And then he was uh, sacked by the Conservative leader um, over a decade ago for lying about uh, an affair he'd and had. He, and he continues to fail upwards. Exactly. And he's now... He's, and now he's going to get the top job he's dreamt about since he was a kid. Oh, it's just a nightmare, which, 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 uh, which you think... We've reached our lowest ebb, and yet there's, there's still some depth. <laughs> you think after Cameron May, 
But no, the Conservatives give us Boris. Is he a British Trump? Because clearly he's not as dumb as Trump. Well, I don't... Do you know what? I don't know about that. I mean, I suppose Trump is on his own... I mean, you could say, I mean, look, I mean, you know, Trump didn't win the popular vote, but he he he, he was seen as a candidate who, who could never possibly win uh, a presidential election. And, and, and well, he did. I mean, I, I think the thing with Boris Johnson is, I mean... I mean, he's very similar in a way, in 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 that he's he's a charlatan for whom normal rules don't apply. So for any normal politician, yeah. just one scandal. I mean, once he was, you know, there's a recording of a phone conversation where he talked to a, with a friend discussing beating up a journalist. Any other politician, you know, we had a, we had a leader of the Labour Party, Ed Miliband, who you wrote a biography about, yes. um, who who basically his political career was basically partly destroyed because he ate a bacon sandwich weirdly once. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I know your listeners yes. are probably thinking, "Come on, he's exaggerating." No, there's a picture. There's pictures of it all over the internet. It dis- Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It genuinely had a massive impact in destroying him. Boris Johnson can be caught on tape saying, you know, he'll help someone beat up a guy, an innocent person. And that doesn't damage his career. In fact, he's on course to be prime minister. Exactly. Sacked um, twice for lying. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just but, the but way sim- with yeah, Trump. The, so the similarities are there, definitely. And I think the British Trump uh, uh, appellation applies. What about another British Trump? What about Nigel Farage? Uh, were you surprised to see him lead the Brexit party to victory uh, on Sunday in the, when, when the European election results came out? No, and I wasn't at all. I mean, Farage is, is, is just pure, unadulterated poison. Um, and, and in terms of obviously, you know, there are many architects. I mean, it really has been a team effort plunging Britain into its current uh, calamity. And it is a time of unprecedented turmoil since World War II, Britain at the moment. And, 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 and what Farage did, you know, he's somebody who has injected into the political mainstream a very, a very vicious, nasty, anti-migrant politics. UKIP was this party, what was a tiny party, but it started climbing in the polls. And what David Cameron, the Prime Minister, Minister did because there was a kind of double pronged at- attack by kind of kind of unhinged right wing Tory Brexiteers on the back benches and Farage. So he said, "Well, uh, you know, because he feared if he didn't, he would uh, he wouldn't win a, a majority in the election in 2015. He he didn't win the majority in 2010, so he had to go into the coalition with the Lib Dems, Liberal Democrats. And 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 he thought he'll he just threw this red meat, which he thought would satisfy." Uh, his Tory Brexiteers, but it just made them hungrier and fatter. And 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 what it did with Farage uh, is is this idea. He thought Cameron he was a genius. He'd pop the UKIP bubble. That would be the end of Farage. But instead, 
it, you know, the more both Labour and the Tories spoke about clamping down on immigration, it just drove it up as an issue, made people more likely to support UKIP and Nigel Farage. And then it ended up, of course, with a referendum, which was called basically to satisfy yeah. the Tory Brexiteer backers. And, 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 you have, and you have Conservative voters last week defecting in their hundreds of thousands to this Brexit party because they want the real deal, not the light version, in the same way that Republicans kind of indulged uh, a right-wing base with crazy conspiracy theories and anti-immigrant sentiment. And then they were shocked when Donald Trump came along and beat all their establishment That's leaders exa- with that exactly same base. It. I mean, during the referendum campaign, the idea... So, you know, now th- th- what's being portrayed by Nigel Farage and other Brexiteers, the only real deal Brexit, the only proper Brexit is a no-deal Brexit. We leave the EU without negotiating any deal with them, which is stupid because we actually would be disastrous for the economy. But now Farage has made that. He's helped make it an alliance with the Tory right. The only real Brexit. Everything else is a sellout. Everything else is a capitulation, a surrender. Treason, you hear, and you hear the same, you know, same rhetoric. Treason, enemies of the people, saboteurs. C- crush the saboteurs. I mean, these are all the rhetoric, you know, which is uh, the likes of Theresa... I mean, you know, infamously, he was the fun page of the Daily Mail that said enemies of the people which was about these judges who said there needed to be scrutiny about <laughs> parliamentary scrutiny of leaving the EU um, but, and so that, the person judges. who wrote that ended up Theresa May's press spokesperson. So let so, me ask I mean, you this was this imported from the US because Farage has hinted in recent interviews that it was or, is, or was Britain always like this? Um, I, I mean there's a bit of both I mean I think there's a positive feedback loop going on there to be honest I think I mean, what's odd is, I think it's worth emphasising, Trump is really, 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 really unpopular in this country. Millions of people who voted Leave have contempt for Donald Trump. It's not like the 52% of people who voted Leave were Trumpians. It's just not the case at all. But there is obviously a big chunk of people who are, who've been screwed over, the economy's rigged against them, they're angry, they're upset, the industry vanished in the 80s onwards because of Thatcher and everything else. And... You know, and, and the danger is if there isn't a radical alternative to that, then the likes of Farage and, and Trump in, in some cases fill that vacuum. Who are both who are both con artists not offering these people who are screwed over any kind of solutions. I mean, Farage, like Trump, former finance guy, he was in banking, now pretends to be a tribune of the working class, the white working class, that is. Trump calls himself the blue-collar billionaire, and people fall for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember, you know, in America, in New York, uh, on the day of the inauguration, <laughs> and, and someone described Trump as a self-made billionaire. And I said, hang on, his dad was a millionaire. And he went, yeah, his dad was a millionaire. He's now a billionaire. He's a self-made billionaire. <laughs> I just thought, how do I even engage with this? But um, yeah, I mean, it's exactly it. Farage is a privately educated uh, Tory boy who quit the Tories because Thatcher was no longer leader. Um, His party is bankrolled by millionaires. His new Brexit party in their constitution is committed. I mean, no one knows this because they don't yell about it, but it's committed to, you know, mass privatisation, cuts, tax cuts for the rich. Uh, and so on, uh, which a former ally of his, a former MEP uh, for UKIP, uh, has, has actually just condemned him for. Um, so you've got this, it's this perverse kind of, we're going to get, we'll blame the migrant, blame the refugee, blame the Muslim for all the injustices caused by the very people who actually bankroll people like myself. So the question, Owen, what is the future for Brexit? Britain was supposed to leave the EU on March 29th. It's now been delayed to October 31st. Is it ever going to happen? Is there going to be a second referendum? Is there going to be a general election? People say if you stop it, there'll be riots. 
You know, this is, this is implicit. If you if you don't do Brexit, people are going to write and say you betrayed us. You know, it's uh, you know you're going against the will of the people. All this stuff. Even though and I've personally never liked referendums to begin with. I think they're un-British. I think they used you know Clement Attlee, the former British Prime Minister, once said they're the device of dictators and demagogues. You can't decide complicated issues in this simplistic binary way. But there you go. They did a referendum in 2016. If Brexit doesn't happen, is that going to lead to kind of riots, violence? What? Well, I'm loath to go down that route because, you know, I mean, we already have the far right, obviously, on the rise. And the tradition, as you know, the traditional far right trope is always the stab in the back myth. Basically, a grand national project, normally war, has been subverted by... Uh, by internal traitors and a lack of grit and determination. And and obviously that's what they're feeding on. Um, and, and they're already feeding on that now. But we don't, we should never, I don't think, judging politics, what should we, if we can't provoke the far right, basically, so we won't do, uh, we'll let them get their own uh, own way. And no, obviously the vast majority of people who voted Brexit, I should, I'm, I'm, Plus, I'm, I'm not like far the Trump right. base. It- but hold on, it's like the it's like the debate in, in the US right now. We can't impeach Trump, say the Democrats, because it will inflame his base. And a, you shouldn't make decisions based on other people's bases. But also, they're inflamed anyway. Exa- exactly. Like the far right need an excuse to get worked up. Exactly. I mean, do you know what? I mean, the problem is there's no easy answer here. Because if I never lived through another no. referendum again, I would be a very very happy man. They are <laughs> dreadful. It's do you to- think you know, Brexit's going to happen? I genuinely am not sure anymore. I'm genuinely not sure. I th- I think now what might happen is. Um, the next Tory leader has to be elected by what remains of the Tory membership, which has collapsed basically uh, to a bunch of, 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 of racist grannies. I don't want to be, I'm not being ageist there because most <laughs> grannies are lovely and not, not racist, but they, is, they are a very small membership. And, and the next Tory leader to win them over has to be the most extreme possible on, on, on Brexit. And that means no deal Brexit. But Parliament, there's no majority in Parliament for no deal. So the only way of getting around that is to have another referendum with no deal on the ballot paper, or to call an election. Now, if we had no deal, it would be but obviously a, a terrible... If you call dis- an election, right? If you call an election, you want Jeremy Corbyn to be Prime Minister, right? The Labour leader, mm. who is a socialist like yourself, but you voted Remain. He says he voted Remain, but it's very clear his heart was never in it. He's never been a supporter of the EU. He's a lifelong Eurosceptic. A lot of people say he's partly to blame for the mess we're in because he didn't take a stronger stance in favour of staying in the European Union. I completely disagree with that. I think, you know, he was... a. You, you think he campaigned to the utmost of his ability in 2016... And since then, he's taken a strong enough stance. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a he's a left Eurosceptic. So am I. I mean, I'm a Eurosceptic who campaigned for Remain. And anyone who thinks, you know, uh, you know that most people who voted Remain are the sort of people who kind of, you know, will put a face paint of the EU flag on their face and go around singing the EU national anthem, Ode to Joy. That's just not where most people are at. And I think what, what Labour did in that referendum was to try and link or connect or tap into where lots of people are. Look, we all have reservations about the EU, but it's better we stay in it. The problem with the referendum campaign do, do was it was framed as an that? internal Do you think Tory... he actually believes that it's better to stay in? Or is he okay with Brexit? Um, like a lot of people are not okay with Brexit. I'm not, I know you said red lines. Forget the red lines. I'm not okay with Brexit. I'd be deeply depressed if and when the UK leaves the EU uh, for multiple political, economic, social, cultural reasons. I don't think Jeremy Corbyn would. I just don't think it's a red line for him in a way it is for lots of other people. I think, to, I genuinely, I mean, he did campaign for Remain. Even given the far-right fallout, we've seen post-Brexit a rise in hate crimes, xenophobia, far-right groups recruiting 
But I think the dilemma Labour had was, I mean, look, the left was always accused of being too pure, as in, you know, we'd put principle ahead of power. And, and, and then Labour were trying to come up with a majority of, look, we lost the referendum, but let's try and uh, come up with a compromise that brings the country together. And let's try it. You know, the only way we'll win an election is, is by people who voted both ways. That was their strategy. The problem is that strategy has collapsed because nobody wants a compromise. I mean, that's the sad, yeah. tragic reality. The compromise uh, kind of ground in politics on Brexit just has been been torched, incinerated. It, it is a smoke. It, it has ceased to exist. It's gone. Uh, and that, I think, is tragic. So I think now Labour have no option, and I think this is what they're going to do, but to pivot into supporting another referendum. That's fraught with problems, Mehdi. There's not a majority in Parliament for one. It doesn't matter. You know, Labour have already and, and, told And we don't know what the result of a campaign would be. I think we'd lose. Um, I think there's a very big chance we'd lose again, and that would be a no, no, catastrophic I, 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 Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Situation. It could go either way. It's, it's again, as with Trump, there's a very good chance he could be re-elected next year, despite all the unpopularity. Let me ask you this before we wrap up. Why should Americans or anyone else in the world give a damn about what's happening in good old Blighty and good old Great Britain? I mean, I think we can all agree the sun long ago set on the British Empire. So why is it such a massive story? Why does it matter so much? I think, I mean, you know, we've got to join the dots. You know, Trump is coming to, you know, Britain on a state visit. I'm helping to organise the mass protest against it. And what we're arguing is, look... What we're talking about with Trumpism is happening in this country, the scapegoating of migrants, rich charlatan snake oil salesmen blaming anyone but those at the top of society for the problems they've caused. So obviously the same things are happening. They're not in the exact same way, but they're pretty, the echoes are pretty, are pretty powerful. And I think, you know, in both America and Britain, though, I think there was actually hope. And I think, you know, if you look at the Sanders and AOC movements uh, and the rise of the British left, they both learned quite a lot from each other, I think, and are learning a lot from each other. And I actually think, despite the absolute mess, let's just be brutally honest, both of our countries are currently in, we're spinning around in turmoil at the moment, uh, partly because of this right-wing, toxic, blame migrants for all the problems in society. And the irony is, of course, migrant scapegoating has caused far more turmoil than migrants ever have. Uh, that's why partly yes. we're both in the uh, both countries in the mess they're in. But actually, there is hope in both countries. And I think now, given, I think, in the Western world, there's a massive struggle going on between a politics like Trump's, like, you know, Farage, like the National Front in France, like even Spain now, Vox. But there is another, which is the, you know, as I say, the Corbyn, Sanders, AOC um, in Spain, the left have just set, suffered setbacks, unfortunately, but there is left there. And I think we, we need to link our struggles together and learn from each other. Um, because if another crash happens, we shouldn't write that out in the coming years. We're overdue one. The danger is they are ready and waiting. They've got a story. They've got a narrative. And they are becoming international. Steve Bannon is going around trying to stitch together an international far-right movement, including with Farage. And indeed, he's spoken to Boris Johnson uh, and other frontrunners for the uh, Tory leadership. So because they've got an international, they're linking together... We've got to do the same thing as well. We've got to link up our struggles. We've got to link up our movements um, because, you know, the, the, the danger is um, there is, you know, the, the, the rise of the far right uh, is, is, is a threat to migrants and minorities and a threat to our democracies. And, and we, 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 we need to take that seriously. We need, we need a common, united, international uh, front to, to defeat it. I totally agree with all of that. Yeah. One last question. You're one of the organisers of the big anti-Trump rally next week. Donald Trump is visiting the UK for a three-day state visit. What is your message 
to Donald Trump because last time he came and there were protests, <laughs> he claimed later to Piers Morgan that there were many, many protests in my favour. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was about 150. Um, yeah, I mean, just absolute far-right weirdos who who he turned up, uh, you know, the kind of incel-type people uh, who leave weird comments online uh, below YouTube posts. But no, we had about a quarter of a million people. And bear in mind, it was a weekday, so people took time off work. One of the biggest weekday demonstrations we've had in this country. Um, and, uh, you know, this time, I'm, I'm, you know, our message is going to be again. And it's not just about him. I hate this whole, he's this just big, vulgar, crass individual. You know, we're going to say, we're not just marching against you, we're marching against what you stand for, what you represent, misogyny, transphobia, uh, anti, uh, you know, Islamophobia, uh, and, and and all the time where you shift wealth and power in the pockets of of, of you and your friends. And, and that politics is here in this country as well. So it's not just about Trump, we are telling him to do one. And last time round, he avoided London because he was so scared about the protests. But we'll do it, we're not just making it about him, we're saying everyone who stands for this trump salvini farage were out to fight you and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna kick your butts politically in the years to come <laughs> i hope you do owen good luck with trump next week and good luck with brexit for the rest of your life thank you amigo because we will be talking about it forever thank you cheers that was my friend the journalist commentator columnist author owen jones in the uk Every time you think US politics has won the award for craziest politics in the world, the Brits come along and say, hold my drink. It has been absolute madness there in recent years. It's only getting madder, which is why we decided to devote today's show to Britain and Brexit and the British Trumps. And here's what's really depressing. In the US, you can get rid of Donald Trump next November. Worst case scenario, he wins again. You can get rid of him four years after that. Brexit? If it happens, Brexit's forever. That's our show. Deconstructed is a production of First Look Media and The Intercept. Our producer is Zach Young. The show was mixed by Rick Kwan. Lital Molard is our executive producer. Our theme music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Betsy Reed is The Intercept's editor-in-chief. And I'm Mehdi Hassan. You can follow me on Twitter at Mehdi R. Hassan. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the show so you can hear it every week. Go to theintercept.com forward slash deconstructed to subscribe from your podcast platform of choice, iPhone, Android, whatever. If you're subscribed already, please do leave us a rating or review. It helps people find the show. And if you want to give us feedback, email us at podcasts at theintercept.com. Thanks so much. See you next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps to 
detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.